All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I'm going to be talking about the Atlanta Falcons decision or indecision not to trade running back Devontae Freeman to the future. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years. I'm on Twitter at Falcons, of course, the host of this world-renowned Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. And today I am going to be talking about the fact that the Falcons reports indicate that the Falcons were close to trading Devontae Freeman, but didn't pull the trigger. That got a lot of people riled up on um, Twitter and, and cursing this team and being outraged. How can they do this to us? How can they pass up this golden opportunity? And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant today. I'm going to warn you up front. It's going to be long. It's going to be epic. It's going to be very emotional. I got some things to get off my chest about why that perspective is wrong. And we'll get into that right after we get through this lead story. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport revealed on Wednesday morning that the Atlanta Falcons and Detroit Lions were amidst negotiating for a deal that could have traded Falcons running back Devontae Freeman to the Lions for an undisclosed draft pick ahead of Tuesday's 2019 NFL trade deadline. But ultimately, the Falcons decided against doing that deal. The Lions are certainly in the market for a running back thanks to a season-ending knee injury to starting running back Carrion Johnson, who suffered that a week ago. The 3-3-1 Lions currently sit outside looking in in the NFC playoff picture and hope to stabilize their running game for the remaining nine games this season that will get them back in to that playoff chase. That explains why the Lions sought a running back like Freeman, but doesn't quite explain why the Falcons opted against pulling the trigger. According to Rappaport, while the exact terms of the deal were unknown in terms of what type of 2020 draft pick compensation the Lions were willing to send to Atlanta in exchange for Freeman, it wasn't that that actually tripped up the negotiations. Rappaport indicated the Falcons ultimately opted against doing the deal, likely because they saw value in what Freeman can provide for the remainder of this lost 2019 season that has seen the Falcons unexpectedly completely out of the playoff picture, unlike the Lions, with a 1-7 record during its team's midseason bye this week. The 27-year-old Freeman is on pace to finish just shy of 700 yards this season, far from the 1,000-yard seasons he had in 2015 and 2016 that made him one of the young up-and-coming running backs in the league. That early success led Freeman to getting a big contract in section in 2017, and he followed that up with a pretty productive 865-yard season despite splitting reps with former Falcons running back Tevin Coleman and missing a couple of games due to injury. Those injuries eventually caught up to him in 2018, and he missed all but two games that season. Perhaps even though Freeman's role and impact in the running game is diminishing, the team felt that he's still their best option given the fact that primary backup running back Cato Smith is currently out of the lineup after suffering his second concussion a week ago, the second concussion that he has suffered in the past month. And that puts the remainder of Smith's 2019 season in potential jeopardy. Even if Smith should return to the lineup in the coming weeks, a possible third concussion could wind up proving catastrophic for the remainder of the 24-year-old's potential professional career. And while Smith's replacement in Brian Hill looked impressive by rattling off a 23-yard touchdown run against the Seahawks in the Falcons' loss this past Sunday, Hill still appears to be a work in progress from carving out a significant chunk of Freeman's workload, particularly in the passing game. He gave up a couple of blocks in pass protection, including a sack of quarterback Matt Schaub by Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner on Sunday. 
With starting quarterback Matt Ryan set to return to the lineup next week for the team's back half of the year, where they begin five consecutive divisional matchups, starting with their rival, the New Orleans Saints, it's likely that the Falcons' trust in Freeman's superior pass-blocking skills superseded any desire to gain an extra mid-to-late-round pick based off of the speculation of Rappaport, and especially considering that it's possible that head coach Dan Quinn and general manager Thomas Dimitrov won't be around to reap the benefits of that 2020 draft pick with their jobs currently being on the line and their status is beyond the next eight games being completely unknown. There's your Locked On Falcons lead story. We'll come back and begin an epic rant that I have about this whole situation directed at people that disagree with me on this. So we'll get into that next. But before we get there, I want to let you guys know about a limited time offer similar to the limited time offers that teams offer ahead of the trade deadline. That is from Peloton. Their limited time offer is to get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCK to get started. So we know at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time, and watch some football. And there's nothing quite like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play. I think it's where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. If you're the kind of guy that's just like me that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you should try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do so. So join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON to double your first deposit. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So guys, I'll be completely honest with you. I did do an epic rant that went on for like 45 minutes. I recorded it. I edited it. And as I was editing it, I was like, hey, man, this is a little unprofessional. It's a little bit too antagonistic towards you guys listening because I'm constantly saying you think this and you say this and you think that. And it's not really the people listening to this podcast that I'm really upset about, that I'm all riled up about. It's more, it's pretty much everybody who's not going to be listening to that rant. So I recorded it and maybe I'll release it elsewhere on another platform that isn't sponsored by the Locked On Podcast Network and whatnot. But yeah, that'll be something. But I I will basically continue this conversation today and hit many of the talking points I had in that in a much more cool, calm, collected, more professional manner. I want to give the caveat first and foremost, not that I'm arguing that the Falcons were correct in not trading Devontae Freeman. I think objectively or not objectively, No, I mean, objectively, you can say that they made a mistake. I think that's fair to say that getting that draft pick is going to have more potential long-term value than whatever value Devontae Freeman has for the remaining eight games. Certainly, what Devontae Freeman does for the next eight games isn't going to matter as much in 2020 or 2021 or 2022 when that mid-round pick, again, I'm I'm inserting fourth-round pick. I'm not suggesting that's what it was. It could have been a sixth-round pick. It could have been a conditional 2023 seventh-round pick. It could have been anything, uh, which is part of the reason why I'm not as outraged with other because I'm not assuming basic things about how high the pick was and then saying, oh, I, I'm mad about that and I'm, you know, 
But the fourth round pick is going to potentially impact this team in 2020, 2021, and beyond. And Devontae Freeman's performance over these next eight games is not going to matter then all that much. I mean, it might have a small impact. So I can say I agree that objectively the Falcons should have made the trade, that it would have benefited their team long term. However, I understand exactly why they didn't. And I guess that's really the part of me that's frustrated and went desire to go on a rant because no one else can sort of see that perspective. That to me, when you watch the games every day, and, and a lot of the rant was about watching the film and the value of watching the film and, 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 all, and basically being a film snob and spending 30 minutes ranting about at least justifying my film snobbery. But it's one of those things that you see it when you watch the film each and every week. You see all these times where objectively Devontae Freeman is an outstanding pass protector. And that Devontae Freeman's value as a pass protector, that Edo Smith has struggled in pass protection. Brian Hill struggled in pass protection against Seattle. He had two opportunities to pass block, and both times he whiffed on his assignment, one of those being a sack. And Quadra Olison in the preseason struggled in pass protection. And when you have a $30 million quarterback that's coming back from injury, you don't want to suscept him to that type of damage and risk him. Again, that may not have long-term consequences, but you guys sit here and complain about the lack of disrespect or the lack of respect that Matt Ryan gets. At the same time, you want to sabotage him and you don't understand how these things are linked, where when you put a poor supporting cast around Matt Ryan whether it's on the offense, whether it's on the O-line, whether it's on the defense, and the team doesn't win, this is why people are constantly ragging on Matt Ryan. That when you're actually actively hurting the team by getting rid of Devontae Freeman, and again, the point that I wanted to illustrate in that rant was even though you may sit here and disagree that losing Devontae is not a huge loss and it's well worth the trade and dumping his salary is worth the fourth the sixth, whatever round pick that you want, which is a valid opinion. That's a fine opinion. But the point I was trying to make is there's no reason for the people in that building, Dan Quinn, Thomas Dimitrov, whoever else that was in on the decision-making to not pull the trigger on the Devontae Freeman trade, there's no reason for them to think that way. And it's those guys that are in control. And you can sit, for lack of a better term, on your couch and think, all about tanking, that it's all about tanking. What happens in these next eight games doesn't matter. But you have no skin in the game. You're not going to lose your job if the Falcons go 0-8 over the last eight games. And you can sit there and say, well, Dan Quinn's still going to lose his job even if they go 8-0. And I would agree with you. He's probably going to lose his job. But that doesn't mean that he should just give up on the season. That doesn't mean that for all the assistant coaches that are working under him that are also going to lose their job, that are also going to have to uproot their families and also be at risk for not being able to get another job in the NFL, that he's going to look those guys in the face. And Thomas Dimitrov works in that same building with those guys and say, you know what? We're going to hurt our chances of winning football games. And if you don't think Devontae Freeman, losing Devontae Freeman hurts your chances of winning football games, that is my problem is you, you guys aren't paying attention. That Devontae Freeman's value as a pass protector may not be worth the money that the Falcons are paying him, may not be in your eyes worth what the Falcons gave up in next year's draft. That's fine. But to those people in the building who don't care about those things, they don't care that Devontae Freeman's making nine and a half million dollars. They don't care 
what his cap hit is. They don't care, right, about the things that you care about. They care about winning Sunday's game because if they win Sunday's game, all right, we can, we can, we can turn this thing around and we can start win next week. And Dan Quinn, with all his positivity, you know Dan Quinn's all about, well, we, we just got to win one game. We win one game, we can win two. We win two, we can win three. And it goes on and on and on. And we can turn this thing around. And maybe that will save my job. And you can sit there in your, your cynicism that I share and say, no, it ain't going to happen, my guy. You should know better. But if you know Dan Quinn, you know he doesn't think that way. And even if you think Dan Quinn is that cynical, even if he can't save his job this season, he could be helping him and many of his assistants that he hired, as well as the players, that the Foyer Olacoons of the world, they're only in the league because Dan Quinn drafted them. That if the Falcons didn't draft him, he probably would have been undrafted. Probably could have been cut by another team. Could be out of the league. Could be bagging groceries right now. So he has loyalty to Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn has loyalty to him because, hey, Foyer Olacoon, you're my guy. Let's roll. If the reason why he has a job in the NFL is because Dan Quinn gave him that job. And if he, if he, the new coach comes in, there's no guarantee that the new coach is he's like, I'm going to get my own Foyer Olakun. I'm going to use a six-round pick on another linebacker. And that's going to be my guy, and Foyer Olakun can kick rocks. And there's no guarantee Foyer Olakun's going to get another job. There's no guarantee that insert assistant coach here, Jess Simpson. Jess Simpson's got to go back, coach college, high school football, college football. I don't know. No guarantee he's going to get another offer in the NFL. Maybe that's his dream. Maybe that's what he's been working 40 years to do. I don't know. You don't know. But I'm not going to sit here and begrudge this organization for wanting to win football games, even if you've already given up on the season. And I don't think you should either. Again, you can disagree with it. You can sit here and say, man, I really wish we could have gotten that fourth round pick because the things that we could do. But I just, I, I think that's the wrong perspective. Again, you can disagree with the decision. You can be critical of this decision to not trade Devontae Freeman. I'm not sitting here saying that you need to applaud this move. But I also, I, what I am saying is that you shouldn't be butthurt about this. You shouldn't be outraged about this. You shouldn't be ticked off that this team and the people within that building have the audacity to not tank. And if you don't get that, like, I don't know what to tell you, my guys. I don't. If you're like, no, they need to tank. You're allowed to have that opinion because you're not going to lose your job. You don't have to go on the last Sunday this year, on the Monday morning, and tell your daughter, I lost my job today. And guess what? I hope I get another job in Dallas, in Indianapolis, in Nashville, in Seattle, in San Francisco. And you're going to have to move to that city and finish your sixth grade year, your 12th grade year. All the friends that you've made over the last five years that you've been living in Atlanta, living in Marietta, living in wherever, you got to say goodbye to those people because the Falcons didn't win on Sunday. You don't have to live that life, guys. They do. And so you, you shouldn't be flabbergasted when this team has the audacity to not tank. That's really the core of what I'm trying to sit here and say. Not to sit here and tell you they made the right call. Not to sit here and tell you that they shouldn't have traded Devontae Freeman, but that he does have value. And I'm going to get into that coming up in just a moment. But I do want to let you guys know that maybe you are flabbergasted. Maybe you think this team is audacious and you want to turn your attention to other sports. 
because you're fed up with the Falcons, which is fine. And guess what? The Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered because there are 30 daily Lockdown Podcasts devoted to all 30 NBA teams, including the Lockdown Hawks Podcast, hosted by Brad Rowland. Find it on your favorite podcast platform, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So you're sitting here, you've, you've listened to me make my more calm rant so far about why tanking doesn't really make sense for the people that the decision makers in the building have no incentive to tank. I don't, I don't feel like I needed to explain that for the last 10 minutes, but you know, I know some people out there are convinced that you know, their perspective on this, their fan perspective on this is the right perspective and anybody that disagrees with them is, is wrong and they can't see anybody else's perspective. But let's talk about Devontae Freeman. And let's talk about what exactly Devontae Freeman brings to the table. This will be the last point we'll, we'll, we'll make on today's episode. One of the things when it comes to film study, when you watch film, is there is a lot of subjectivity to it. There's a lot of, I can look at a player and you can look at the player and we can see the same things, but we can subjectively come to different conclusions about that player. That we can both agree that this player does X well, Y not so well, and Z poorly. But because we, as individuals, value X, Y, and Z differently, we might not put the same value on that player. And you see that oftentimes when it comes to the draft, where you will see when this will happen in the next next several months, is that when the Falcons get their top five pick or whatever, wherever they're picking, you or me, whoever, is going to sit there and say, I think the Falcons should take this guy with that pick, that top five pick. And, I, and the other person will counter, I think that guy is not worth a top five pick. I think he's more of a middle to late first round guy. And if the Falcons take him at fifth overall, it's a huge reach. We had a lot of those conversations last year about Cody Ford and Jonah Williams and Jawan Taylor and Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence and Ed Oliver. You remember those? We're going to have them again about more different guys. Doesn't change. Same thing every year, just different players. So film can be subjective, right? A lot of it is subjective. But there are some things that are objectively true. And one of those things is Devontae Freeman's a good pass protector. Devontae Freeman is the team's best pass protector. Last week against Seattle, Brian Hill had two opportunities to pass protect, and he whiffed on both of his assignments. One of them was a sack. We've seen in previous games, Ido Smith struggle in that capacity. He's been concussed twice in pass protection. Quadri Olison struggled in that same avenue in the preseason. And if he's struggling against third-string Washington Redskins linebackers, what do you think is going to happen when he's going up against Luke Keekley and Cameron Jordan and Nick Bosa? He's going to chip those guys. And the thing about Devontae Freeman is that you can watch the Seattle game and see at least three plays where Devontae Freeman getting that block, hitting that assignment, getting that chip, is the difference between Matt Schaub getting hit versus getting sacked. Matt Schaub being able to get a pass off or losing yards. And some of those passes were completions. Some of those were important completions. And you see that every day when you watch Devontae Freeman play. That despite everybody's insistence that Devontae's a poor pass, poor pass blocker because he missed some blocks in some big games three years ago. And meanwhile, poor little Aaron, sorry to use the third person, has watched like the 42 games since then and seen week after week. The same thing that happened in that Seattle game happens week after week. And yeah, he's not perfect. Yeah, he doesn't bat a thousand. Very few running backs do. 
maybe Tevin Coleman was better. I think that's a fair opinion. Tevin Coleman was a heck of a pass protector. Missed several assignments last year, but again, it happens, right? And so you can sit there and have that opinion, oh, he's a bad pass protector, but I'm going to sit here and say, objectively, you're wrong. Because if you watch the film, and this is why I get it become a film snob, and this is part of the reason why I went on a 45-minute rant, a lot of it was about justifying my film snobbery, you, there's no debate. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you make a ridiculous argument that is blatantly false, that if you had the wherewithal or the access or whatever to sit there and watch the film, you would know you're wrong, that I know you are literally making something up. That's what you're doing. That's how, at least how I see it. You are making up a thing because you want it to be true, but it's objectively false. And Devontae Freeman's pass protection skills, now, is that worth the money that the Falcons are paying him? And that's subjective. Is that worth not having that fourth, fifth, sixth round pick that the Falcons could have gotten from the Lions? Again, that's subjective. And if you say that what he brings to the table as a pass protector for the next eight games isn't worth what we're paying him, isn't worth not having that draft pick, that's fine. I'm not here to argue that point. But to the coaches and the people in that building, it is. And if you don't understand that perspective and why they didn't pull the trigger on this trade, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you guys. That if you don't sit here and think that the difference between Devontae Freeman on a second and four when the Falcons drop back the pass and the difference between giving up a sack on that play and having a third and 10 or the quarterback getting a pass off and completing that and getting a new set of downs, right? A third and 10, you got like a 27%. I think that's what the numbers say. 25, 27% chance of converting. Or your guy can pick up that block and you get a new set of downs. But everybody wants to sit here and assist that a running back's value is only dependent on how many yards, how many touchdowns he, he runs for. And that works for fantasy football, but reality football, the reality football that I'm watching the film of every week, that I've watched the film of every week since 2012, is telling me that that isn't all that it's cracked up to be. The difference between losing eight yards on a sack and getting a first down, getting a completion of 10 yards, getting a completion of 15 yards, you add that up, that's 15, 20, 25 yards. How many runs is that worth? That your running back, because he's able to hit that assignment, is providing. How many is that worth? Four runs? Five runs? Behind this offensive line, 12 runs? 25 yards? 12 runs behind this offensive line. And you have one guy that can do it, that you know can do it, with 80%, 75%, 90% proficiency. And then you don't have another guy. And you're hoping maybe he can do it with 25%. Efficiency. So far, 25% efficiency. If you don't understand why the team values one guy versus the other guy and why the team is reluctant to pull the trigger on trading the one guy that you know can do the job in the hopes that one of the three other guys you have on the roster, four if you count Kenyon Barner, can maybe do the job for the next 300 plus plays where it's going to matter. Come on, man. So it's one of those things where if you don't understand why the team, why Dan Quinn, why Dirk Cutter, why whoever is running the show, the next coach is running the show, doesn't value that and says, I'd rather have that than let Matt Ryan go back, drop back and get killed. Matt Ryan's averaging like 44 dropbacks a game. That ain't changing, guys. And if Devontae Freeman was a better running back, that wouldn't change. Maybe that goes down to 42. 
But guess what? They're going to run the ball and he's going to get two yards and the Falcons going to wind up punting on that drive. It doesn't change nothing because this team can't run the ball. And you can sit there and blame that on Devontae Freeman, which is fine. The film says otherwise, but I know I'm not going to be able to convince people otherwise because no one cares. They've already come to their conclusion. Devontae stinks. He's got to go. And now the heat that's going to be on Devontae, every time he gets a two-yard run, every time he gets tackled for loss, we're going to hear it on Twitter. Oh, they should have traded him. Why is he still on the team? I get it. I'm not even going to argue it. They should give Brian Hill more carries. But if you're going to ask Brian Hill to be the lead dog, and Edo Smith, who who knows if he's going to play football again, and whether or not he gets a third concussion, he might be done, guys. Three concussions in six weeks? Three concussions in two months? He might be done playing football, guys. And who knows if Quadri Olison's going to be ready to play. But you, hey, why not evaluate them? That's fair. And if you had the job security to know that evaluating those guys wasn't going to hurt you, wasn't going to get people fired in that building, maybe you would have the audacity. But Dan Quinn doesn't have that flexibility to do that. The thing I'm sitting here saying is that from their perspective, keeping Devontae Freeman is more valuable than any draft pick that they can get next year. Well, maybe a first round pick. Maybe they would have pulled the trigger. Detroit was offering that, but we know they weren't. Okay. Ian Rappaport even said so. If you can't see that perspective, the point I'm trying to sit here and tell is not to sit here and say that you're wrong about Devon. I mean, if you think he's a bad pass protector, you are wrong. But you're not wrong for being upset that the team should have traded Devontae. You're not wrong for thinking that the team would get more out of getting rid of Devontae, cutting a salary, trading him, getting a pick. They can cut and trade him after the season. Will they have as many opportunities to trade him after the season as they did in the season? Probably not. But they still can cut him and save money. Like, that's not the obstacle. If your argument is basically, hey, man, they need to get rid of that salary. What's the three-point-something million dollars going to do for them in November? They're not going to be able to go out there and get big-time free agent that's going to solve whatever issue that you think is the team's current problem in November or in December. That money's not going to really help them now. Why not wait till March to get that money? That's when it's going to help you. So who cares if they get that money now versus March, right? If The point is, if you don't see what Devontae Freeman is bringing to the table, again, you're allowed to have your opinion. You're allowed to sit here and say the coaches are wrong. He's not worth X. He's not worth this. He's not worth Y, whatever. But if you don't see their perspective, that's part of the problem. And that's part of the issue with all this, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, analysis Because it's not really analysis. It's just, I have an opinion, and I'm going to cherry-pick the evidence to support that opinion. Earlier when I was ranting about this, I went on for 20 minutes to go into that, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm just going to let it go at that point. But I'm, I'm just trying to sit here and say, like, I'm not sitting here saying that they were right for doing that. But I understand why they didn't do it, because they're not in the business of tanking. You are. As a fan, you have that luxury. But as a coach... As a player, you don't have that luxury. You can't go into the building tomorrow morning and say, hey, man, we traded the only good guy that can protect Matt Ryan because now teams are going to bring six-man pressures and five-man pressures because they know the Falcons can't block it because that sixth guy in the backfield can't pick his assignments, can't hit his assignments. So we're going to dial up more pressures. We're going to tee off more on Matt Ryan. He's going to be susceptible to more punishment. Maybe that makes him even more gun-shy because he's getting hit 10 times every single week for the next eight games. 
That's a real possibility, guys, if teams are like, we can just blitz the Falcons ad nauseum because they can't stop it because their running back is going to keep blowing assignments more often than not, which has been the case with Brian Hill, which has been the case with Edo Smith, which has been the case with Quadri Olison this year. Maybe not Edo Smith. That's probably not fair to portray Edo in that way. He's, he's hit more of those assignments than he's missed. The problem is he just keeps getting concussed when he hits those assignments. So you can't really trust him to hold up for the rest of the season and be the guy protecting Matt Ryan. And the point is, you guys sit here and say, Matt Ryan's so disrespected, and then you want to sabotage Matt Ryan. And then you, want, you don't understand why people keep dis- hating on Matt Ryan because he plays on bad football teams because you're purposefully sabotaging the team, you Twitter GMs. And then criticizing the team. Why aren't they sabotaging the team? And again, I know many of you are going to listen to this and say, I don't think they're sabotaging the team by trading Devontae Freeman, blah, 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 blah. And the point isn't to prove that you're wrong on that. The point is that from their perspective, just take yourself out of your own head for four seconds and look at it from their perspective. It is self-sabotaging the team. You got one running back that you trust to be in the backfield, whether it's for five plays or 10 plays, to keep Matt Ryan safe your franchise quarterback. Maybe you can get a replacement. Maybe you can go out there and get Quiz Rogers. Maybe you can get out Spencer Ware. He was on IR a couple of weeks ago. He's off IR. Maybe he's ready to play. Maybe you could do that. And maybe you can get that guy up to speed immediately. Quiz knows the offense pretty well. So trade Devontae and sign Quiz Rogers. And now all of a sudden, you're going to be sitting there complaining, why is Quiz Rogers in the game? Why aren't they giving the ball to Brian Hill? Because every time Quiz Rogers goes into the game, Teams know it's going to be a pass. Every time Brian Hill's in the game, they know it's going to be a run. And all of a sudden, you're going to see their offense completely stagnate, right? Even more so than it already is. And you don't understand why the coaching staff isn't inviting that? All because you want to tank? That's what I'm talking about, guys. That's all I'm saying. If you can't see that perspective, I I don't know what to tell you. Again, you're allowed to have your opinion. You're allowed to be critical. You're allowed to disagree with the decision that was made on Tuesday afternoon by not trading Devontae Freeman. But if you don't understand why they made that decision, I don't know what to tell you, man. You got, for lack of a better term, most controversial thing. And when I was ranting about it 45 minutes on the unaired podcast, said this many times, but you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know football. And that's why you got to watch film. That's why I'm a film snob. Because if you're watching the film, you see that stuff. You understand that stuff. It's intuitive because you've seen the games. You see it every single week. This stuff matters. And from a coach's perspective, it really matters. Now, you as a fan have the luxury of sitting in the stands on Instagram, not paying attention, sitting on your couch, tweeting about the game, as I do most weeks. We have that luxury, guys. But when you're on the sidelines trying to win games, you don't have that luxury to sit here and be like, hey, we're going to just sabotage the offense for the next eight weeks. And it's going to net us a mid-round draft pick that's probably going to wind, that has a 25% chance of being a starter. If he's a fifth or sixth round guy, it's like a 15% chance of being a starter. More than likely, it's going to be a special teams player. So we're going to get, we're going to subject Matt Ryan to 20, 30 more potential hits. So we can get a backup. And y'all don't get why the team didn't make the trade. I don't know, man. I, I, like, what, what can I say? So there you have it, guys. There's my more calm, collected rant. It's a little ranty, but not as crazy and epic as the, the unaired one. Again, I, I probably at some point in time 
will, um, you know, <laughs> release the tape, as they say, uh, on that unaired rant. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about more Falcon stuff. I don't know what yet, but looking forward to that and the responses I get from this one. We'll be back tomorrow. Till then, You are Locked On Falcon, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.